A wary professor pleads with his colleagues through letters of recommendation to offer a promising advisee residency and funding to finish a novel. The professor is Jason Fitker. The book, Dear Committee Members. And you're listening to Lit Society. Let's Let's get get lit. lit. books and drama how you doing this week Kari yeah. what you been up to what's good it's been a what five days since we last chatted <laughs> yeah I've been good um working on some things for our shop which is going really well and you know trying to stay busy I think this is a great time to work on projects that I've been tabling um yeah but I haven't been working on them so I'm trying to cr- cram it all in at the last minute and the last week of quarantine last week's what about the you? Last How weeks you of quarantine. Yeah. Okay. So like same, I am, I feel like I'm finally getting in a, a row, kind of a, a move here. And so I'm ready to start doing things. Well, I've been doing things. I haven't been doing them consistently. So you've I'm been ready working this too. week. Yeah. I've been working. So um, I've been trying to relearn how to play the flute, which is fun. Get out of here. That. How are you learning? Yeah. Is it a master class? No, <laughs> no, those are crazy. You know, expensive. I love free. I'm on YouTube and I have books at home, so I Sounds am like you working on that myself. Okay, are okay. you sure it's not the recorder yeah. that you're learning? It ain't the same. Listen to me, I also have a recorder, so <laughs> I know the difference. Okay. I play the recorder and the flute. Oh, well, look at you, girl. The Mary whole had a little lamb. <laughs> okay, fleece was what black as night. I know that's right. <laughs> that's right Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah it's it's going good it's going good and it's still continuously eating so yeah (laughs) life is looking up well i heard the state of illinois said y'all ain't nothing but some drunks so we'll be closing the liquor (laughs) store at 9 p.m which is great Mm because you and i grew up with uh liquor store curfews in milwaukee Exactly, exactly. But I think that even changed over the years into <laughs> to what we have today, mm-hmm. which is nine o'clock. I'm just hopeful that they will change it back to what it used to be. <laughs> Not that I'm up in the middle of the night trying to get alcohol, usually stay well stocked. <laughs> but, you know, I want it for the people. Yeah, you care about others. <laughs> I do. Sometimes I really you wake do. Up I like, care about <gasps> others. I need some whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> it's 3 a.m. I don't getting, care. Are they getting what they need? <laughs> and what about our breakfast beer? It? Yeah. <laughs> That's all very important. It is. It's important. Do you hear me? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, friends, each week we select a theme to discuss inspired by the book that we're reading. The theme chosen for this week is letter writing. I'm going to write a letter. Dear... Mr. Royal Hampton, I am a white woman. How about writing a letter? You know, somewhere in that area. It's about writing letters. Okay, folks? That makes sense to That's me. That's what we're doing. Yeah, no one writes letters well, my anymore. Grandma, they don't. They don't. 
And let me just tell you this story. When my grandmother died almost two years ago, my sister and I cleaned out her apartment. And as I cleaned out her apartment, I found boxes upon boxes, large and small, of handwritten and a few typed letters. Wow. Can you believe it? Some of the letters went back to the 70s. Wow. Do you hear me? 70s. That she wrote or that she received? That people wrote to her. Wow. Yeah, people wrote to her. So there were responses. And your grandmama was cute. So I know these was this love letters, most of, of them. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> she was. <laughs> Did a lot it's, of them start, dear baby? <laughs> no, no, they did not. My grandmother would be appalled, <laughs> but I think she would love this podcast. Aww. Oh, okay. yeah, for sure. Move on. As long as we don't sing. Okay. It took me. <laughs> yep. It took me days. It took me days, but I'm positive I read every single one of those letters. Wow. How invasive. And I thought, I don't know why people don't write letters anymore. You know, I didn't think it was invasive. (laughs) I needed to read them letters. No, it's not good. (laughs) Um, I I just don't, I didn't, I said that to myself that um, I don't know why people don't write letters, but I know, I know why people, because there's faster ways to communicate. Mm -hmm. You got text messaging, DMing, IMing, email, the phone. Am I forgetting something, Kari? Mm, No, that's it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's it yeah I mean and then and less meaningful ways to communicate they're faster and less meaningful mm-hmm. and then you don't have to you have to pay for postage and the envelope when you're writing a letter so you have to plan it's not something you can just do spontaneously you actually have to buy yep. the card or the paper and the stamp yeah that's why one of the best yeah. forms of games still to this day to this day is a letter are y'all listening, <laughs> fellas? <laughs> okay. <laughs> S- right, send a girl a letter. She's going to be yours tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Write a letter. Mm-hmm. It just, it does something to you when you know that someone has put in the time to physically write, handwrite a letter. Or even typewritten, but handwritten, even more special. It's true. After having read all that, those letters, I left with a feeling of, oh, I just, I want to write again. I want to write letters to people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I went out and I bought cards and stationery envelopes. and I just bought it. Thank you, letters. I just was ready. The next time I was going to write a letter. You know, it's been two, almost two years. But what did I do? I did not write any letters. (laughs) Let me assure you. Okay. <laughs> Life is so busy. Yeah. It's so busy. It's hard to write letters. It's hard to write quick notes. But I can say I wrote at least two quick notes. Maybe four. So you four did. Times, you but did I wanted write to letters. do more. Okay. I wrote a couple of quick notes. I didn't feel the same. I was reading my three and four page front and back letters that people were writing to my grandmother. Are you kidding me? Yeah, but they communicated less often. I'm sure with your friends, you're communicating more often. And even if it's those short spurts of thought via text or Instagram messages or whatever, you're getting off of your chest or sharing with them things that other people were compiling and sending once a month via letter. So yeah, give yourself a break. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll have to learn how to do that. I'm not there yet. And I know I get at least three uh, DMs from you 
a week. <laughs> <laughs> mostly me. <It's> so easy. <laughs> and I don't have to think about mostly it. Mostly black Twitter inside <laughs> jokes. And I appreciate them. Who needs real communication? I want to laugh. Quick laugh. I do. That's important to me. Mm-hmm. So with the quarantine, you know, being on lockdown. Uh-huh. It's been easier to write letters. So I've written some. I've written some letters. I've written some cards. Um, So if you get a card or a letter from me, don't be shocked. Just enjoy it. Okay. Oh, of course. I would never be shocked. I would feel so privileged. (laughs) So now I'm going to be offended if I don't get one. I know. I know. I don't. Scratch that. Edit that out, okay? Edit that out. Can you and imagine dating rip, somebody? And you, that. Imagine dating somebody and you can't see him because of quarantine and you get a letter in the mail like, you know, I know we can't be together right now, but, you know, I don't yeah. know. You know, fill in the blanks. That's That would be awesome. I it might move out awesome. just to ask my husband to do that. <laughs> I'm going to be knocking on your door. (laughs) (laughs) Write Kari a letter. (laughs) Write Kari a letter. When was the last time you received a handwritten letter or a card in the mail? I think a friend. um, Yeah, your sister sends letters. Um, Your baby sister. So I think she stayed Mm -hmm. over here. She lives out of state. So when they stayed over here, I got a letter a few weeks uh, later, which is class C. Okay, that is the classiest thing you can do when you, speaking of which, I stayed at her house since then and I didn't send a thank you. <laughs> Not even be a Those text. things are past. Yeah. They're just, they're so past. <laughs> they don't happen anymore. They don't. They don't. So they another don't. friend stayed here also and then I got a letter from her and that was maybe a year ago. So it's only when people stay at my house. That they write you letters. Yeah. Which I'm appreciative of. Yeah, but it's they're really still sweet. nice nonetheless. When you get that handwritten note, it just, I don't know, it just feels nice. I met a woman in Indiana um, a few years back, and she still sends me a card. You're every, good with that, though. When she's thinking about me, it's very quick and brief, yeah. and she, um, I love receiving it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's filled, front and even on the outside <laughs> of the card. She loves me. Um, I know she does. Mm-hmm. I love that. So, granted, Letter writing isn't the most popular or the fastest form of communication, but it has meaning. And letter writing is still necessary. For example, you may have to write a letter of recommendation for a college student, a college bound student, a middle school student trying to get to a specialty school. Mm -hmm. You may have to write a letter to a judge on behalf of a family or friend. Don't put my business Uh, out there. Cover (laughs) letters. Look. That was confidential. Okay. (laughs) Keep them in there. That's what my letters say. (laughs) You know that ain't right. (laughs) You know, but people have been asked to write letters, um, personal letters, um, even what do you call it? Reference, personal reference letters. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean about. Um, So cover letters, resignation letters, and then sometimes you got to write a letter of complaint Mm -hmm. to your favorite shopping store. Okay, Mm -hmm. you do. That's necessary. I just wrote one of them and got a hundred dollars worth of items. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) I need to write a strongly worded letter to World Market. So I decided (laughs) now is the perfect time to look up some writing tips for my business letter so I can get the results that I so want from World Market. So give us those tips. What market. are they? 
Here they come. <laughs> so I went to Purdue uh, University's website. They have an online writing lab and they gave tips for writing a basic uh, business letter. Of course. So here's tip one. Start with the sender's address. Don't include the sender's name. So that would be me. I'm the sender. I'm writing a letter to World Market. I'm going to put my address on there. And you're only doing that if you don't have letterhead. Now, in the past, I was real fly. I used to put <laughs> let create my own letterhead and then send out wow. the letter. Yes. I mm-hmm. used to copy a fake uh, lawyer. Like, um, I don't know, Tricosi and Associates when I was writing a, a, a company. <laughs> that works. But why? Oh, my Because it implies right. I ain't afraid of litigation. That's why. Mm-hmm. I ain't scared of you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, then. Then it said date your letter. Of course, you want to timestamp that. You need to timestamp it and, of course, make a copy. But then um, after the date, you want to use the recipient's address. Um, include their name and title. Then you want to start with some salutation. You're going to write dear so-and-so. So dear world market professionals. <laughs> but I think I got a name because I was in the store talking and I said, listen, this is how y'all made me feel. And she said, here, let me give you this name right here. So I got a name to write to. So if you have a name, put that name in there. Okay. So then you got the body of the letter. You want this to be concise. You want to be a little friendly, but you want to state your main point. And the rest of the letter is supporting your main point. So you may have two or three paragraphs. The closing paragraph should restate the purpose of the letter and some any required action or what I expect world market to do for me. Mm, okay. To rectify and the then situation. In closing, yeah. Be clear. Yes. Mm-hmm. I can say thank you sincerely, followed by like four lines, four single space lines, and then my name, sender's name. If I got some close, um, enclosures, I want to write that as well. Um, my enclosures, in my case, would be documentation. So I'm going to print out like phone records and whatnot, okay. how they was harassing me. Yeah. I'm including all of that. Do you hear me? <laughs> I feel I'm very passionate about this, even though it happened a while ago. I still would like to write about it. It just shows that even after this much time, it's still important to you. Affected. Kari, do you have anything to add about Mm -hmm. letter writing? Yeah. So I went on the other end and um, pulled up some tips on writing a thank you letter. (laughs) So I'll make this quick. But um, and then I have one more letter I'm just going to share quickly. But um, in our thank you letter, it doesn't have to be long. A lot of people don't sit and write down a thank you letter because it seems like an overkill when you could just send a quick text. Well, thank you letters don't have to be long. You want to start with who. So thank you, Alexis. What? Um, So thank you, Alexis, for your lovely gifts of carrots. Oh, this is the letter I should have wrote you when you gave me them carrots. (laughs) Um, thank you for your lovely gift of carrots. And then how that gift affected you. It helped me really look forward to Friday when I could prepare them and throw them in my salad. And it made the salad just so much better. It was the best salad I ever had. Thank you. Not that like run on me, but I talk a lot. And then finish by looking ahead. So thank you for those gift of carrots. It made my salad that much better. And I look forward to seeing you again and thanking you in person. So in the letter, you're continuing the relationship with the, the whoever you're saying thank you to. And then finally, at the end, restate your thanks. 
I love to close my emails. People probably hate this because I do it so redundantly, but I'm thankful. Again, comma, thank you. That's it. Again, (laughs) comma, thank you, period. So you start (laughs) off with thank you for, this is how I used it. Look into the future and ending with again, thank you. Again, thank you for your generosity. With love, your lifelong BFF, Kari. (laughs) Also, (laughs) I love it. It's quick and to the point. Even though yours is a little wordy, the idea is quick and to the point. Yeah, it doesn't have to be wordy at all. Just get those main points. You want to thank them for what, how you used it or how it benefited you. Look into the future and then close with a thank you again and a proper closing like... uh, Greetings with love, many thanks, whatever. And then well, last, you can yeah. include the same with um, thank you letters for interviews that you've had. You Brilliant. don't have to say yeah. love, but similarly, <laughs> thank them again. Next opportunity. I look forward to it in um, our next state, the next stages of this interview. So you can follow that same format under those circumstances. Yeah. Or I like um, ending those letters with I look forward to discussing further how my um, skills can be an asset to your team. So Mm -hmm. it's like implying that I'm useful to your team, which I'm like, probably not, but whatever. So (laughs) that's the point. You got to sell it to them. Lastly, think you believe it. That's all that matters. Lastly, and you acted like you didn't know what these were, but dear John letters. Now we talked, we talked about, you know, up in your game during quarantine, but what if you just want to dead that whole situation? This is a great Uh opportunity to end a relationship. I'm going to say this again. Are you sick of dating this person? End it now. (laughs) End it now. You have a legal reason for not having to do it face to face. Put it in a non-crazy letter. And this is how. Uh, A concise text? No. Letters are great. And they're going to show it to people and be like, can you believe she broke up with me over a letter? And, you know, their friends are going to be like, well, she or he is an idiot and you were better than them. They were going to say that anyway. Don't worry about that. This is the classy way to end it. You start by talking about the value that person has brought to your life. So, dear John, these last few months of our relationship have really taught me patience. (laughs) And I thank you. For, or, or saying something like, more than anyone I know, you have a great way of bringing out of me um, qualities such as patience and pers- uh, care or something. Some crap. I don't know. And then say, however, <laughs> <laughs> I now see that this relationship does not make me feel satisfied. I am obviously looking for something else. So you're putting the burden on you. It's not that person with the yeah, problem. And mm-hmm. truly, it's, it's not. It's not me. It's you. Well, no, it's not you. It's oh, me. it's not you. It's me. <laughs> because oh, that person is going to be great with someone else. Don't say that. But it's the truth. So it's not them. It's you in this relationship. So where right. I am right mm-hmm. now today, this relationship is not what I'm looking for. And that's it. You don't have to justify it. You don't have to say, even though you're this and this, I just don't feel like, and maybe I don't know. Listen, where you are right now, this relationship is not for you. You seem like you have some experience at this. Actually, I'm talking to uh, who I wish I was when I was younger, (laughs) because before my husband, (laughs) I did have a really hard time telling people this relationship is garbage. And if I never see you again, it would be too soon. (laughs) 
<laughs> Especially so if you were nice. Gone. Like, I didn't feel like it was yeah. right to break up with nice people. That's stupid. <laughs> nice people get broken up with every day and they still might not be for you, even though they're nice. So anyway. Yeah. So you brought this out of me. Thank you. However, this relationship, who I am right now, this relationship does not fit uh, what I'm looking for. So <clears throat> I would like to wish you the best in life. Make sure you close that door too. don't leave it open. Like maybe we can get coffee and talk about blah. No, you don't want to do that. And no. you ain't got to. And in fact, it's not loving to do that. It's not. It's kind of cruel. So say you what know, you mean and mean what you say. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's a good idea if we don't communicate for a few weeks. Um, and I hope that you still I hope that you find happiness. And I know you will. All right. OK, bye. Not with love. <laughs> Sincerely. <laughs> Not yours, truly. No. And that's nope. it. Just like wishing you the best. Comma. Bye. Yep. Now, the problem with the letters is that it takes a couple of days to get them. So they might be calling you in the meantime. Just don't answer. It's fine. <laughs> really, this is the loving form of action. So that's fine. That's all I got. Oh, right. Well, Kari, thank you for yeah, that no add problem. on. You know, I like to keep it business and you like to, you know, take it to the streets. So <laughs> that's great. That's great. All right. OK. Why don't we take a quick break before we get into the details surrounding this week's book? OK, sounds good. And we're back. Yay. All right, Kari, um, would you give us some context for the book and maybe some information on our author? You author? know, I will. So mm -hmm. the book is Dear Committee Members. The author is Julie Schumacher. She grew up in Wilmington, Delaware and graduated from Cornell, where she earned her um, Master of Fine Arts degree. Her first novel is called The Body of Water and was published by Soho Press in 95. It was a finalist for a few honors. Um, but then in 2014, she published Dear Committee Members, which we're featuring today. That book was nominated for the Thurber Prize for American Humor. Now, published mainly in the New Yorker, James Thurber was a writer and cartoonist in like the 40s and 50s. He wrote The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, which you may be familiar with because the dad from Seinfeld's yeah, son is in familiar. it. Ben Stiller. That's his name. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's him. Anyway, it don't matter. His namesake, uh, Thurber's namesake, the Thurber Prize for American Humor, recognizes outstanding contributions in humor writing. Makes sense. In 2019, all women were nominated, all female authors. And in that year, Schumacher won. She was the first woman oh, to wow. do so. Um, okay. Schumacher, Julie, lives in St. Paul. And is a faculty member in the creative writing program at the in the Department of English really? for the University of Minnesota. <laughs> I wonder so we're not they saying this book is autobiographical, but <laughs> no, I don't think it is. <laughs> it is a man writing. Yeah, so. it's from the point. But authors often Good do that. Good job, They'll, Julie. Yeah. <laughs> wink, wink. wink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's it. That's all I got. Well, that's, that's great. Mm -hmm. So 
Why don't you give us a brief synopsis of uh, Dear Committee Members and don't include any spoilers. Okay, and no spoiler synopsis. It's not that brief, but I'll make it quick. Dear Committee Members is a short, punchy novel written in the form of letters that Goodreads puts, um, puts it this way. Finally, a book that puts the pissed back in epistolary. This book gives a full look into the... Uh, I don't think that joke landed. This book gives a full look into the late <laughs> middle age life of one. I got to say, it didn't land with me when I read it. So of one Jason Ficker. Ficker is the professor of creative writing and literature at Payne University, which is a small Midwest university that treats its economic staff like royalty. But it's English faculty like dinosaurs who have stayed far past their extinction 10 years ago. In the twilight of his career, he is facing regrets, both romantically and professionally, all of which he percolates into a brewing hot cup of sarcasm, pettiness and reflection through a series of never ending letters of recommendation, which he's tasked with writing for his peers and students. A ficker, Julie told Slate, our author told Slate.com, I see him as a Quixote figure, lacking common sense and personal diplomatic skills, but continuing to <laughs> fight this. He does <laughs> this book. I call perfect for people who watch reruns of Frasier on Hulu. Me, I'm people. <laughs> and that's it. I don't even know if that was a synopsis. It wasn't, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll accept it. It's acceptable. Do you hear me? It's like, acceptable. I got a lot of time on my hands from quarantine. So this is going to be long winded. Says, write that book, <laughs> write that book, you know write that book. don't pressure me okay okay alexis what were your first thoughts of dear committee members okay so i didn't really know what to select you always selecting these really random books i just you know i try to get on board with it that's just the way it goes <laughs> Team player. Um, i thought it was clever um to have a book of letters i believe this is my first book that i've ever read that's in this episode Epistolary form. Well, I no, that's not true because you are a Bible reader, but that's okay. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) In a novel. Okay. In a novel. Yeah. Makes sense. So that's different. Okay. You never read The Color Purple? No, I never read that. I know you mentioned that, but I've never read that. Okay. So I didn't mean to stereotype you as a black reader, but. We've all read but the you color. Did. You did. And I did not. I done told you my life. Okay. Now, why are you judging me? Okay, I'm why? sorry. You your first to do thoughts. This. I'm so sorry. Why don't you share your first thoughts, Kari? Um, I chose this book because it was short. <laughs> <laughs> Get and to the point. I heard it was funny. The end. Okay. Cool. Now that we've got your first thoughts, are we ready for that deep dive? As ready as we're going to be. Let's get into it. Put all the spoilers back in. Okay. Okay. Here we go. You up. Unfiltered. A deep dive into Dear Committee Members by Julie Schumacher. Three parts. Um, (laughs) Readers. Each letter in this book is a study of a lonely life dragged along by the convinced importance of academia. That's right. This is a comedy. Part one, Mr. and Misanthrope. Misanthrope. How do you say that word? <laughs> misanthrope. That's right. Mr. and Misanthrope. 
So when we first meet <laughs> Figger, he is a creative writing and literature professor at the aptly named Payne University. And he's engaging in an activity that requires most of his waking hours outside of teaching, writing an LOR or letter of recommendation. These letters <laughs> are written for his peers and uh, stu- past students, present students, and the scope of them is very wide. For example, he might have to or he might agree to write a recommendation letter for someone applying at a paper paintball facility or a grocery store (laughs) or someone that needs funding for their novels. So it's all over the place. When we find him, Mm -hmm. he's sitting in his classroom and the university treats the building that he's in that houses English, which is spelled incorrectly. I think on the directory inside, I think it's like missing an S, (laughs) which is ironic. Um, the, The university treats this building as a necessary evil landfill. And it's neglected, to say the least. So econ or economics, which was once on the floor above English, escaped like upper class passengers leaving the Titanic one day. And the bottom feeders (laughs) below had like no clue why. Then a wrecking ball was seen outside of their windows. So apparently the building is being remodeled to fit the refined taste of the still necessary and adored econ department. However, Ficker's window is broken. It won't close. Um, So the soot and dirt from the construction outside powders him and his colleagues like passive aggressive donuts. The men's room next door to (laughs) figure is broken, but usable like there are leaks and stuff. But you can pee in there. Some people choose not to. (laughs) Some of his peers choose to pee in wine bottles. So they're all weird. The men's. Oh, oh, yeah, they are. (laughs) Let's move on from the men's room. Asbestos. <laughs> so asbestos is being removed as men in hazmat suits work around the English uh, instructors. And on Ficker's shelf is a group of insects, a beetle, two moths, a centipede, and several blue bottle flies, which have formed a motley family for companionship as they enter the last stages of their life, presumably poisoned <laughs> by the fumes in the building. So that bit of dry humor, the whole book is like this. The whole book. <laughs> so, so Jay's peers, I'm going to call him Jay. That's easier. Um, Professor yeah. Jay, his peers seem to both hate him and admire his intellect. Sometimes no one is talking to him, which is fine because he dislikes people for the most part. He's also had affairs with some of the staff, all of which have ended badly, but more of that later. <laughs> We know mm-hmm. at this point that there's a reply all letter, an infamous <laughs> reply all letter that he was behind. And also that meetings among staff members um, have ended with ER visits due to disagreements over punctuation. Now, if you are Can a you writer, <laughs> if you are a, a real writer or a fake writer like me, you know that discussions about punctuation can get heated. I have definitely been at the brink fighting for Oxford commas. And I'll pick up that fight again. (laughs) We will use Oxford commas. It will be my mission in life. We've had an intense discussion about um, Oxford commas at work before. So, yeah, it's a big thing. It's a polarizing. I mean, are you Republican? Are you Democrat? Do you believe in Oxford commas? (laughs) Don't you? So that's what it is. So um, Jay is now writing an LOR, letter of recommendation, for his protege in the very first letter of the book. His protege's name is Darren Browles. 
One of his greatest fears is that Browse will lose momentum on his current work and quit. Another thing that a lot of people can relate to, especially writers, I'm sure. Browse is a disheveled mess, but brilliant. So if the university loses this work or Browse doesn't finish it, the graduate program within the Department of English may never be resurrected. Funding's already being pulled. So a lot is riding on this protege in Jay's mind. Part Mm -hmm. two, Love and Writers Workshop. Jay Ficker was young once. What was he like, do you think, Mm -hmm. as a a youth? (laughs) I have no idea. I can't even begin. I know he was messy. (laughs) I picture him as like... I mean, the way he writes these letters, (laughs) he was messy. He was messy. And he's a bit self-absorbed. do that to him? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he's a bit uh, selfish. He's very selfish. So his recommendation letters often wind up just being letters about him and his issues. So he reminds me, probably in his youth, I'm thinking he's like a very uh, Clooney-like build, but a nerd. So Clooney with like real thick glasses. And he gets a lot of female attention, but he's married. And it's not so much that he's faithful to his wife and his heart, which he is, but he's more, if he has a mistress, it's his writing. So he's very involved and absorbed in his written work and trying to be published. Every writer wants to be published, right? Yeah. Um, so there's this seminar. Right, right. And his wife is a writer too, by the way. But there's this seminar that they attend, both Jay and his wife, uh, Janet. Jay and Janet. Mm, I just noticed alliteration. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) This seminar is a recurring topic throughout the book. And it seems like it is comparable to the Iowa Writers Workshop, which we talked about in our Such a Fun Age episode. Yeah, because Kylie Reid attended the Iowa Writers Workshop. That is a very um, coveted position to be in that workshop because you get money (laughs) and you get peers with which you can share ideas and that. They can help you perfect your work. Um, You get a mentor, maybe many mentors, depending on your focus. And then when when the workshop is over, you can be chosen for your work to be published. So you end with something, with something tangible and with more money because you're probably going to get a deal from a publishing house. So anyway, they went to the seminar, which is like the Iowa Writers Workshop. It was overseen by a man, an instructor named H.R.H. It was here that the fires of Jay's divorce were first sparked. In those days when he was young, promising talent, he was ambitious. And the bad ambition where he would like, you know, maybe walk on people a little bit to get what he wanted. That's what you got. on people on your way up. Mm -hmm. So while he was there, he had this like Martin Payne relationship, Martin Gina. um, No, Martin Pam relationship. Oh, (laughs) With this woman named Eleanor. <laughs> like he might walk into a classroom and Eleanor be like, oh, why are you in my chair? And he'd be like, shut up. But inside he going with your cute self. <laughs> Remember, he's married to Janet, who's also attending. The instructor, HRH, um, sees their dynamic, Jay and Pam, um, Pam and Eleanor's. <laughs> And HRH encourages Ficker to use Eleanor's inspiration for the protagonist's love interest in Fitzger's book. So Fitzger is in the workshop. Jay, I'll say Jay, sorry. Jay is in the workshop working on his novel, trying to get help. 
the instructor HRH is like, well, you seem to have this funny chemistry with Eleanor. Use that for the love interest in your book. Uh, can you see where this is going? Uh-oh. <laughs> Not well. Imagine somebody telling your man like, oh, you seem to really be like having a great relationship with this random girl. You should make your character uh, fall in love and perhaps sleep with her in your book. Right. And I'm married. <sighs> and you're married. And your wife is also in the class. Your mate. So um, Jay did that. He also started sleeping with Eleanor. So, yeah, the book was mm -hmm. called The Stain and it was selected at the end of the seminar. It is partly autobiographical. So folks are pissed. <laughs> <laughs> In more ways than one. Yeah. And his wife divorces him. Uh, Fitzger and Eleanor, Jay and Eleanor fall out. <laughs> as, I mean, what is that relationship based on? So of course. Um, <laughs> but, and this is something I would do. Eleanor and Janet amazing. become friends because <laughs> they're probably <laughs> like, you know, Janet at first is going to hate Eleanor, but then she's going to be like, you know what? This man tried to ruin both of our lives, but look at us. We doing great. And Eleanor was like, yeah. And I wanted to tell you something. I'm sorry. Cause it wasn't even <laughs> worth it. And you seem great. So they become friends and Jay's, <laughs> Jay becomes consumed with worry that they're both talking about him behind his back. He even puts that in letters. Letters of recommendation mm -hmm. has no place there. Um, years later, he begins sleeping with another colleague. Now, they're all like at universities with different positions. He begins sleeping with a woman named Carol and stopping by her office all unannounced with like uh, artichoke salad. It's weird. <laughs> Basically, Jay is getting lonely. The women in his life have left him because he is self-absorbed and full of issues. And even though his book got published, he ain't got no woman. So he like starts a long term fling with Carol. They don't have a real relationship, but they're sleeping together. And then um, in a reply, all email. So the whole staff is on an email, I guess, that Carol sends out or no, Janet, messy, messy. Janet, his ex-wife sends Janet. out the letter. <laughs> he replies to Janet. He thinks he's not good with electronics. But he actually replies to everyone and tells them, listen, I know I'm sleeping with Carol, who's like nothing compared <laughs> to you. Like she's smarter, whatever, but she's nothing like you. Like she like really slow compared to you. Also, you beautiful. Also, I love you. And I'm so sorry. And, and I want to get back with you. Yeah, right? I wish I never messed <laughs> things up and I want to get back to you. And he sends that to everyone in the world. Guess what? Carol stops talking to him. <laughs> How funny! <Wonder> why? <laughs> why? Mm. Yeah, She's and she so also like selfish. <laughs> yeah, she stopped speaking. Uh, speaking to him. So I want to talk a little bit about Jay's issues with women. Okay, so um, so there are some letters of recommendation that where he touches on the lives of women outside of uh his ex-wife and the two women he has been involved with since her. And one that stands out is a student who gets a six-figure deal for her book. This student, yeah, okay. he writes a letter of recommendation for, um, but puts in there, you know, I don't really yeah. like her. And she brilliant, but she like dull. And you should definitely um <laughs> consider yeah. her for this opportunity. But don't say I didn't warn you that she'll bore you to sleep. This is just him 
<laughs> I gather being jealous because this girl is an achiever. Yes, she got a six figure deal for her book, which is unheard of in an era where public uh, pu- published work, published writing is dying as an art. She got a deal and quotes her ultimate plan is to apply to med school also. So this girl got a book deal, but she's also going to med school. And he tells, he says in his rec letter, a recommendation letter, her ultimate plan in applying to med school may be to join the ranks of physician writers who, not content to leave the pursuit of literary success to starving artists, complement their million dollar medical salaries with random house contracts. So when you read it. reeked of jealousy. He's just jealous. (laughs) That absolutely reeked of jealousy when he when I read that one. So, this is the Vivian Zows, right? Is, is that, that right? the one? Okay, I think that's her name. Mm-hmm. So Vivian is like achieving all the goals, and meanwhile he's at the twilight of his career, so he's feeling a little bit sad and regretful, and then also jealous, especially of women. So he's a bit of a Michael Scott wrapped into a Frasier. I could see that too, because Michael has issues with women. Part three, our final part. This is quick. This is a short book. The Afterward. Um, Here's where I'm going to talk about Troy. Troy is someone that Jay has known for 23 years. They went to grad school together. Um, Jay urged Troy, I'm inferring, to take a vacation because there's some issue that they had that Troy was like still mad at him about. And I think he urged him to take a vacation because Troy and his wife were like overworked. So they do. They go. Didn't Troy? Oh, okay. Let me let you finish the story. Go ahead. Okay. So Troy and his pregnant wife go on vacation and everyone dies in comedic, tragic fashion, except Troy. Yeah. So like lightning hits the house when Troy runs out to get something. Everyone is scorched to death and Troy moves to India to like live off the grid for a few years. But it's like kind of funny when you read it. I'm sorry. You got to read it. I, we're not translating the comedy here if there is any. It's um, comedy, but it's, it's not often translatable. Dry and say. dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, good news. Now Troy is writing again all these years later. And that's wonderful because Troy is brilliant, according to Jay. So um, Troy spends his nights right. in like um, having kind of like lucid dreams where he's finishing the story in his novel and on the phone with Jay, like sharing his ideas, um, just bouncing them off of Jay, who everyone respects for his intellect. And then Jay spends his his days after those nights, Jay spends his days writing letters of recommendation for Troy. So he's like reaching out to um, different institutions like please consider his writing he's a great mind one of the greatest minds of our uh perhaps generation of course outside of mine and you know consider him for your next check (laughs) because he's got this great work yeah Yeah, you're gonna Mm -hmm. hate yourself if you don't scoop him up well actually no troy never uh read him any of his writings that was a lie that um jay comes clean about at the end of the book but when he lied in his mind it was to help create this story around the letter of recommendation saying, I've heard some of this work. It's brilliant. You need to scoop him up. And he wants to create a false sense of closeness with Troy, which he doesn't seem to have. Um, is there anything else you want to bring out with Troy? No, no, it was the murder. I mean, not the murder, the, 
That's okay, the other family. thing. So um, mm-hmm. the thing with Troy and his purpose for being in this book, Troy is miserable. Jay is miserable. Troy is brilliant. Jay is on like the upper end of borderline mediocrity, <laughs> at least if his the results of his work are to be believed. So perhaps there is some vicarious success that Jay is reaching for when writing all of these letters of recommendation for Troy. But anyway, moving on again, it's a short book. Jay sees in his students a desire for permanency. A lot of writers can relate to this. You write, maybe if you don't admit it to yourself, maybe um, because you want a piece of yourself out there forever, but that's not how it works. Um, Naively unaware of the ephemeral state of literature. They want, this um, work to live on past them. But Jay's own books are mostly out of print and hard to find. And he's reflecting on that in the twilight of his life. So he graduated from this renowned workshop. His book was chosen. It was acclaimed, but his follow-up books were yawned on. There was more romance around um, a debut novelist, which I think carries on into today. And when you, Mm -hmm. when it comes to your second, third or whatever works, unless you grab that cult following, like a Dan Brown, for example. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're not like an album. Like, um, I love (laughs) daily Gallant. These are artists who to me put forth great and brilliant first, uh, works. Their follow-up works also very great, but you don't hear about them because it's not that debut artist romance around it. So people stop caring. So late in his career, Jay wonders why HRH, who was the instructor over their workshop, acted like the be all and end all of their careers, because that's not true. That's not how it works. But that's kind of how he's acting in the twilight of his career. So maybe Jay doesn't see HRH, too, was looking for some permanence vicariously through them, through his students. And it's the same thing Jay is doing. Yeah, because he's writing. Mm -hmm. He's writing all these um, letters of recommendation and they are, I I don't, I don't know how to say it. I mean, they are, they're about him. (laughs) They're so filled with pure opinion Mm -hmm. that doesn't have much to do with the actual work of the student. He's out of the work or follow. It was one letter that he wrote. He was like, I'll tell you about why this uh, person would be great for the opportunity you're offering. But first, let me get some things off of my chest. Exactly. (laughs) All his letters veer off and it's like it amounts to two sentences. Yeah. I mean, he's written like 1300 L.O.R.s and. They're all about him. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe two sentences about that person. Now we come to Darren Browles. And Darren Browles is the protege of Jay Ficker. Um, since we're coming clean, for example, Jay admits that Troy never shared his work with him. When it comes to Daryl Browles, um, Browles is working on a book about an accountant in a um, Las Vegas brothel. It's not good. <laughs> and I don't mean it's immoral and disgusting. I mean, the work itself is not interesting. So, right. Um, Confidentially, Browls, because that's his mentor, shares his work with Jay. Uh, Jay reads it and 
sees Browse in a grocery store one day and just grabs his arm. Now, Browse has some um, fights of his own. So he is um, working with different medications to help get his mood stabilized. He may have had some issues with uh, recreational drugs, but this man is, in Jay's opinion, um, he has potential, potential to be a great writer. But once Jay sees the work that Browse has produced, he isn't left hopeless like Browse can't um, fix it, but he doesn't know how to tell him that because he doesn't want him to sink into despair and quit the work because then the graduate program might completely be dead. And then also he kind of believes in Browse. That's his protege. Well, anyway. Yeah. So what Jay decides to do is turn to HRH, the instructor who was head over the seminar so many years ago. And the seminar, again, is like the Iowa workshop. But um, he shares that work, which he shouldn't have shared it, but he shares it with HRH. Um, And HRH is now in a nursing home, by the way, and has an interview that's published with a small publication (laughs) that's almost like a it's one of these publications that was probably a weekly newspaper back in the day, but now it's just a blog. And they publish an interview with HRH where he says he's writing a book about an accountant <laughs> at a brothel. And he genuinely believes he's the one writing it. So oh Jay is like feeling regretful that he shared this work that he never should have shared. And then the interview is published where he's saying he's writing it. And so when the work comes out, it won't be seen as an original an original idea, but also hopefully this work never comes out because it's, it's terrible. It's hard <laughs> right. to read. It's just, it's just terrible. Yeah. So uh, why did, why do you think before we continue, why did he even reach out to HRH again? Do you think? I, I, I think he, he was, he was still looking for some pool and some assistance for um, browse. Yeah. So and he he thought he could get that support through HRH. Yeah. Yeah. Introduce him to the right people. Help him get back on track. You can do it. You did it for me. You can do it for Browse. Mm -hmm. That sort of thing. I also think it was him trying to reconnect with the only person who in his mind might understand him at this late part of his career. Um, But anyway, unfortunately, uh, while reading the obituaries, he sees that Browse committed suicide. Um, he did so after destroying his work. There are questions out there. Did he sense Jay's disapproval at the grocery store? Did he see the interview with HRH? You don't know, but you know that whatever the reason was, it doesn't matter anymore because um, his protege is now deceased and he destroyed his work because he didn't want it to be published without it ever being finished. Like, um, you know, go set a watchman like that, that uh, To Kill a Mockingbird uh, mm-hmm. sequel that yeah. was weird. Yeah. He didn't want it mm-hmm. to be like that. So yeah. he made sure his family couldn't get um, a hold of it. So um, Janet comes by. Remember, that's the ex-wife. After she hears of the suicide of um, Browse, she comes by Jay's house, cleans up for him. Now, nothing can make a man in despair feel better than somebody cleaning and cooking for him. Why? Because that reminds <laughs> him of his mama. And he's like, oh, I got someone who cares for me. He, he, he never stopped writing Janet uh, love letters. They used to meet twice a year, I think, on their anniversary and then the anniversary yep. of their divorce. <laughs> 
And that was it. She didn't really want to have anything to do with them, but continued these uh, annual biannual lunches for his sake. And he's writing her letters like, can we meet more than twice a year? You're not talking to Eleanor about me, are you? Also, I love you. Um, So she does come by, but he finds out later that she's moved on and she's with the dean now. Yes. That hit him hard. That hit him hard. Yeah. And toward the end of the book, um, Jay nominates Franklin Cantrell for faculty state. And this is a man he has called insane and the sole reason why the entire apartment department is to be avoided. So at the end, (laughs) it seems as if he has come full circle. He sees who he was, who he's been, and he's softening up a bit. And that's it. That's the end of this book. Well, all right, then let's take a break. by Julie Schumacher. Alexis, what were your final thoughts and your verdict of the book? Would you recommend this? Let me know. Tell me. Okay. So, um, yeah. So the dry humor, I picked it up. I got some of it. And put it back down. I did. I did. Um, I did have moments where I chuckled, but I was reading some reviews where they're like, Rolling on the floor laughing. I was like, ooh, but it's not that kind of laughter. (laughs) It's not at all that kind of laughter. So I think it's very well written. I I really do. I like how uh, she writes and the way those letters are written. I smile and a little bit. But ultimately, I don't need to read this book again. Would you recommend it to anyone else? Um. I don't know who that would be, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm sure there are people that would appreciate it. Okay. So your, your verdict is a no. (laughs) Yes. It's, it's going to be a no for me, dog. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. I see how you do my books. Okay. So Kari, what do you think? Uh, What's your final verdict and would you recommend it? Okay. So, uh, mm, mm. Mm-mm-mm. With this book, I'm projecting a lot of my feelings and opinions about the lives of my old professors, my grandfather, um, a lot of men who to me are at the end of their body of work and who may be filled with regret. I just want them to look back on their lives with satisfaction, feeling like they lived with purpose. I want them to feel valued and important, but I don't know if they are. So how that applies with Jay is that I really respect his intellect. I am um, plugging in the holes. It is typical with epistolary works is you're filling in a lot of the story because you're not getting the full. You're only getting a section of that character's life, which is how it's supposed to be. And that means you're not getting the responses to these letters. Exactly. Sometimes he'll refer to the response that he received Mm -hmm. in a past letter within one of his letters, but that's all you got. Um, I was really rooting for him and Janet. I thought Janet would come back to him, but I do think (laughs) his love with Janet was like romantic inertia. He didn't 
ever mature when it came to emotion. He was a very book smart person, but at the end of his career, he wanted something more than just that book he published once to be the um, to be the summary or the um, bow put on the package of his life. So um, uh, I will say I had laughed out loud moments where I was rolled on the floor and I oh, thought, you are oh my that goodness, person. this is hilarious. I did. I did. Okay, There's good. one chapter in there. I have a note here. It just says the funniest, my verdict. When it comes to Dear Committee members, I thoroughly enjoyed this book. It is stupid short. It is what, 120 pages or something? This is a large no, pamphlet. No, it's longer. Is it? It's longer. Yeah, it's like 190 okay. pages. Oh, my goodness. It's so short. And <laughs> and as a work, I just thought it was good. I was thoroughly entertained. It gave me a break from reading serious things. A welcome break. I love that dry humor. I watch Frasier. So I would recommend I it. I love Frasier. <laughs> so the, the writing yeah. you're saying is definitely good. And yeah. hands down, the writing is great. And the story. I, mm-hmm. I like Jay's story. Now, I know she has a sequel. I don't know if I have to continue my time with him. Um, But our time together, I thoroughly enjoy. I mean, yeah, this reminds me of some professors I had. <laughs> whose um, seminars I would or the, whose public speaking events I would go to like by myself like just to learn from them <laughs> and be um, in awe of their way of putting ideas together and formulating um, coherent thoughts and yeah so so were they also me. full of themselves yeah of course they, of course and there is a section in here where Jay kind of implies that he in his world he is god now he is an agnostic who um is at the height of his egotism probably when stain is published after the seminar mm-hmm. is over so in his mind he is god and literature is his faithless servant he's put everything literally all he has um his marriage his relationships his plans for life have all centered around literature and literature didn't serve up to whatever uh, he had in mind for it. And now literature is so ephemeral that he feels like it's nothing like it used to be. And he compares people who are computer oriented to mechanics, which by the way, it ain't easy being a mechanic, but he's like, you're worse than a mechanic because you only have one set of tools and it's the computer. So he's like disillusioned in that way. And he sees writers as the only people who can think critically and who are can be prepared for any situation. That, too, is hyperbolic. That's weird. What are we reading next week, Kari? <laughs> Little fires everywhere. And people are talking about that everywhere. There's a whole movie, a TV yeah. show about it. With Carrie well, Witherspoon and Reese it. Washington. Well, thank you, readers, for listening to Lit Society. We'll be here next week, Thursday. Lit Society is brought to you by Alexis Anaria and Kari Herrera. Yeah. Support the cause by leaving a five-star review for our show on Apple Podcasts, along with a comment about why you absolutely love us. Thank you, because we love you, too. So much. If you've enjoyed what you've heard this week, please tell a friend about Lit Society Podcast. Visit LitSocietyPodcast.com for show notes, 
this month's book list to sign up for our amazing email newsletter. And until next time, read read something. something.